Hello and welcome to the Authentic Connection Podcast. My name is Laura. Today I speak with Olivia Scott, a Reiki healer and business coach on the side. She's done a lot in her short life so far. We chat about her journey from the raw kitchen to her Reiki healing that she now spends most of her time doing. I loved Olivia's answer in particular to the question about how she connects authentically with other people. She's actually found that the key to doing that, to connecting really deeply with other people, is to get to know yourself first. So when you are coming from a place of knowing yourself and being vulnerable, it actually allows you to create a safe space within the relationship for that deep authentication. I loved that in particular. There's so much more that we chat about, obviously her Reiki journey and the fact that it was actually quite a natural progression from raw cooking. We talk about nutrition and the energetics of food and staying away from labels and just eating what your body wants and and sort of tuning into that intuitive gift that everyone has to give their body what they what that what it needs we talk about Olivia being an introvert I'm an extrovert but loves spending time alone when she gets a little scattered it really allows her to process her emotions and process what's actually going on I actually thought it was quite funny I have done a couple of healings with Liv and she was actually the very first person that I told about wanting to start a podcast so I thought that was kind of cute she actually sort of felt that energy within me so I told her about it kind of the first time I said it out loud oh I want to start a podcast so that was that was a year and a half ago I suppose now and uh, yeah so here we are season two of the podcast I'm pretty stoked and I again just so grateful that you guys are jumping on to listen as a way of of telling me that you're enjoying it I would love to hear your thoughts so please reach out on Instagram if you're that sort of way inclined um wild wellness by Laura so it's at wild wellness underscore by Laura um what else do I want to say golly have I been rambling I don't know this is this is this was such a fun conversation and I suppose the one thing to mention is that we did record it in Humphrey the Van on Ponsby Road. So there is a tiny little bit of background noise. It's actually not a big deal, but I just thought I would let you know that that's what's going on there. We're we're sitting in the van having a having a good old yarn. Alrighty, that's me. Here's my conversation with Olivia Scott. Hi Olivia, Hi, thank Laura. you so much for coming into the van, Humphrey the van. Today we are <laughs> recording on Pottsby Road, we've just got our little coffee from Orphans and we're going to have a little chat, so thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so I do love to jump into people's journeys, particularly mm. with the realms that we generally deal with. So mm. Reiki is a therapeutic practice that you're really passionate about Mm. Olivia how did you start because you know you started in raw cakes how did that sort of develop would you like to take us through yeah I mean I've had an interest in energy for as long as I can remember since I was a little girl and I think the extension of the raw kitchen from that was because of the energetics of food so I became really interested in the energetics of food when I was in university studying partying eating crap food and I remember just even though I knew that what I was eating was affecting me what I was 
thinking and my mind was affecting me. I didn't feel great and I was like, I need to figure out a way so that I feel better. So I started to change slowly things one at a time, started to meditate more, started to do yoga, started to drink a lot less, started to eat a lot more uh, raw food. And I think that I was actually quite shocked initially about about how much that did improve my world so dramatically and so Mm. quickly. And it was probably three or four months in when I decided that I was actually going to properly put my all into it and just see as more of like a self-experiment what happened if I just ate raw, focused on my mental health, my mindset and exercise and just got out in nature and all of that stuff. It was kind of like a detox at the time that was very much needed. But from there, the the changes and the shifts not just physically but also mentally and I think the mental part was the part that shocked me the most I just felt like a completely different person so then that led me on to the raw kitchen which was initially raw cakes and then that expanded out into doing more like catering and then uh, a few cafes followed it was a natural progression of my passion for food and health and wellness and nutrition and I did a bit of nutrition study along the side as well so my when I sold the business I already sort of had I think gone a lot deeper with the energetic side of not just food but also inner world and alongside the course of my six or seven years or so with the raw kitchen I did a lot of work outside of the business on understanding it a lot more and to give a bit of a backstory my grandmother was psychic and she um, lived on Rikino Island she lived off the land she'd built her house to run off solar panels and I spent a lot of my own childhood growing up with her there wow and so she opened my mind up a lot she would heal herself with her own tinctures from the garden and she was she was quite spiritual quite holistic so I, I always kind of had that in the back of my mind as sort of like a foundation as well Once I sold the raw kitchen, hospitality, as you probably know, can be quite relentless and I was ready to take a step back from that, but I wanted to continue on my exploration of this journey of energy, energy healing, spirituality, and also kind of had an inkling that I had sort of an intuitive ability that I hadn't really tapped into yet. Mm. And I wanted to understand that more as well. So... The Reiki has been an expansion of that journey and so now how my business works is that I do Reiki on people and there's an intuitive aspect to it too where I can sort of read their energy fields, read their intuition and it's grown a lot because I know, I remember when you came in probably a year or so ago, you've had a couple of sessions right, Mm. it's even grown a lot since then so it's kind of constantly changing or expanding for me as um, what it actually is and Mm. probably will be different in a game two years time from now but at the moment it's Reiki intuitive reading and I also offer life and business coaching as an offering separately to Reiki but I find that they actually do kind of overlap and complement each other quite a lot the business coaching aspect obviously coming from that more practical side of my journey business degree and then running a business so I've got that part but then also this energetic side which I like to tie them both together because I find that they are hugely relevant and complementary as well. Cool yeah the energy of food side of things just to go back to Mm. that is that kind of as simple as food being high energy or low energy depending on whether it's good for you or is there kind of is it a bit more complex than that? I think in terms of the way that I understand it and have experienced it is food that has been grown and it's fresh has have still got those live enzymes in them Mm. and that 
our body need enzymes to function energy to function so my approach is as much living food or crunchy food or raw food or high enzyme food which doesn't necessarily mean raw it mm. sometimes absolutely still means cooked but or fermented even fermented or yeah cultured or anything like that is going to add to our own liveliness and energy not to mention all of the smaller kind of micronutrients that will be in those foods as well that contribute to our overall health not just physically but mentally emotionally as well and then food that perhaps is processed or not whole or or naturally grown is not going to contribute to our body in those ways so I'm really careful though to not be purist about it because I'm absolutely not and I still love to go out and eat food that isn't pure or grown or or raw but for the most part I find that when people introduce more of those foods they just feel so much better for it Mm -hmm. yeah I think with food and, and certainly my philosophy is that it is it's really important what you do most of the time, but not all of the time. Exactly. Like people, they're always looking for like, oh, do I have to do this all of the time? And it's like, no, you can do exactly what you want to do, but you're going to feel better if you eat these type of foods most of the time. Exactly, but yeah. exclusive. Exactly, and I, I think it's really important to give yourself that room and flexibility for what you just feel like eating. Mm. And it's funny because I was having this conversation with my boyfriend the other day, and he said, well would you say that you are plant-based? And I said, said, no, I'm not. I eat whatever I want. I don't eat um, just plants. I don't eat, you know, the majority of one thing. I don't, there's no rules. There's no restrictions. And I'm very wary of that now, especially having had a business called The Raw Kitchen for so long and people assuming that I only ate that way and having to explain myself that it's not about that. In fact, it's actually about giving yourself the freedom to listen to your body. Mm. And almost you compare that sort of intuitive gift that you've got as well with the food side of things. Even actually, even my talk at, when I went to sport this weekend mm. was about tuning into your body and listening to your body when it comes to food and nutrition and health overall. So it's like totally. you can kind of pair those intuitive side of things with yeah. the food. Our body is so wise. I think we don't give it enough credit actually mm. how wise it is and what it's constantly telling us or guiding us to do. And then back to the the Reiki, Mm. what can people expect to get out of a Reiki session in terms of how it makes them feel? And Mm. do you also want to talk a little bit about how it sort of works, just simple terms? Yeah, of course. Okay, so what someone would experience when they come into a healing is, and what I'm doing is tuning into a Reiki frequency. So if you imagine tuning into a radio station to receive that transmission or that frequency Mm. Reiki is similar where I'm tuning into a specific vibration of energy and the way that works is that with the Reiki level 1 and 2 and 3 trainings there's an attunement and when and the attunement is used through the use of symbols so when you imagine a symbol any sort of symbol through the history of time whether it's the cross or the swastika or, or any sort of Across every single time that has been used in the past, mm. there's been an energetic association with that symbol mm. or an energetic meaning infused with that symbol. So when we use symbols in Reiki, we're using or infusing that frequency or the energy of that symbol in the energy field to connect to that frequency. And there's 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 probably there's thousands and thousands of different frequencies we can tune into at any time, and especially in nature. Nature is the perfect example of that 
it naturally emits its own frequencies mm. and crystals are manifestations of its own frequencies mm. and rock formations and everything like that and this has all been scientifically proven you can actually see that different forms of natural materials have different frequencies that they emit so coming back to the symbols the symbols work in a similar way so when i'm tuning into the reiki i'm tuning into the symbols connecting to that frequency using that frequency on people's bodies and so when I'm using it on people's bodies. What I'm doing is realigning, and I have to be really careful with wording because mm. I don't want to say that, <laughs> you know, this does do this to you. And I was just saying to you earlier about how, you know, I have to be careful around what, and, and all Reiki practitioners and energy healers do because it's an alternative form of healing. But what I experience with my clients for the most part is that when I use this frequency on their body it helps to retune or realign anything that's going on in the body to a state of more equilibrium or peace and Reiki has been described as that very kind of soft calm loving hum type energy or frequency so when I'm using it on the body if there's a density in an area or an accumulation of a certain emotion in one area or you know, we store memory, experience, trauma in our physical body. So when I'm using Reiki, it's helping to declutter or release that stagnancy or that density. Then what the person on the table might feel is just a release of emotion or some sort of relief. Or sometimes they feel like they need to let out a sigh. Or sometimes they can feel the energy kind of being shifted or transformed. Sometimes they might get a little twitchy if things are moving they can genuinely feel that there's something going on and sometimes what happens is they remember something they haven't thought of in a while if it's an old memory or someone they kind of something that happened in their childhood something mm. quite random might happen but after a healing like the reiki goes for about 45 minutes to an hour and after a healing generally you just feel a lot more centered calm feel yourself less in your head and more in the body and kind of like something has shifted mm. Mm. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't even know that about Reiki myself, even when I've done... I mean, I know what it, what happens and all that sort of thing, but the frequency, I didn't know, and the use of symbols, that's really yes. cool. Yeah. And is Reiki one frequency for everyone? It's the hum you mentioned, or...? Yeah, no, it's generally the same frequency every single time you tune into Reiki. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty awesome. And even self-Reiki, I loved... I do every day and I always I'm like oh thank god <laughs> you know but I think we all have a sort of um, healing energy in our hands but it just the Reiki helps give it context as to know what it is you're tuning into when you've had Reiki a few times you also get become quite familiar with how it feels mm. it's pretty cool yeah no I've had I've had two sessions with Olivia mm. and it, they've both been pretty incredible mm. again that you always the thing I, I notice of myself is I reach out for Reiki or for whatever it is when something's going on. So I'm always like in a particularly high, I don't know, stressed out state in those moments. Yeah. So it's it's like, it's a pretty incredible, I mean, it's an incredible practice to kind of have all the time, but a pretty incredible practice to kind of come to in a slightly more reactive, like Definitely. you can get results quite quickly. Oh, and you're so right. And I think a lot of people do come when they're in a place of uh, shift or a place of maybe crossroads or anxiety or you know one of those moments where you are seeking support or clarity mm. or some sort of perspective I, I 
don't do anything. I just hold the space for what needs mm. to happen to happen. And oftentimes we actually already have all that information internally. It's just simply bringing us back to that or helping us to release whatever is on top so that we can access how we are truly feeling or what's right for us underneath it all. Mm. Cool. And you've got some Reiki body oils as well, which I think yeah. is cool little like starter point for people, you know, almost like... Yeah. <laughs> How have you found, like, has that been kind of a fun project or, like... It has been a really fun project, and I think initially when I started, I wanted to have a range of products that people could use at home that weren't just a product, Mm. that they were infused with some sort of meaning or energy, and in this case, Reiki, but, Mm. you know, I think that there's so many products out there that we just use willy-nilly kind of day-to-day and don't really think about the intention or what we're doing with our body or giving it gives us an opportunity to connect with our body when we're using products Mm. so the body oil was a starting point of what I hope to be a bigger range of products but just opening up an awareness around yes this is a body oil but there's more to it than that and that goes for any ritual we have in our life any whether it's making our, our meals or doing anything around the house whether it's cleaning or you know anything that we do we can infuse meaning with and in fact we actually already do that without Mm. noticing Mm. it's just more of like a I'm hoping an awareness around what we could be using products for yeah as a general population like women these days are very disconnected with their body Mm. and so if we like even like as a body oil if you've got a beautiful body oil it might even encourage you to kind of reconnect a little bit with your body and even just moisturize your arms you know and yeah that's right and I think we we just don't even think about our bodies really if I mean in terms of we think about them physically perhaps yeah but but connecting to different parts like how often do we just like touch our knee or touch our foot and go thank you for being a good knee or a good foot or thanks for helping me walk every day you know like we don't really think about that in terms of connecting with ourselves and that can be a very powerful starting point for creating a more authentic connection with our body Mm. cool so yeah authentic connection is Mm. the name of the podcast what's Mm. what's a practice or what's something that you do when you really want to tune in and 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 connect fully authentically with yourself i think that's probably just removing myself from everything and having um alone time Mm. (laughs) i find that if i get out of sorts if i get overwhelmed or if i'm in a rut or i'm actually just feeling an emotion if it's like sadness or fear or worry i just I actually need to remove myself basically from the world because I find that when I'm alone, I have to process what's Mm. going on. There's no distractions. Exactly. There's no distractions. I'm alone with myself. I have to kind of sit with it and feel it. And then sometimes I feel like I need to write things down or get things journaled out but sometimes I feel like I just need to lie on the floor and stare at the ceiling for an hour you know and it's almost like your brain will naturally just filter through mm, a little bit eh? that's a really good point it probably does come back to some sort of equilibrium when there is that time and space allowed for it but yeah it definitely would just be um switching off from the world and coming back to alone time sometimes it takes longer sometimes Mm. it takes a day sometimes Mm. it takes half an hour or an hour it just depends on what's going on but I can't I can't release or shift anything without being alone Mm-hmm. would you consider yourself an introvert then or I would say definitely yeah. I'm an introvert yeah <laughs> I need to have a, a lot of time and space alone to process things I think I'm already quite a deep thinker mm-hmm. so I think I need alone time but then in saying that I 
thrive off being around people too but I just need to make sure that I'm recalibrated yeah mm. yeah as humans we all need some alone time to reconnect mm. but introverts probably in particular even more so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes in saying that you know sometimes I think I know that alone time is my go-to and perhaps it's also a safety mechanism too and I have to be aware that sometimes what's good for me is actually putting myself around people and that kind of gets me out of a funk and if it's a mental kind of block that I've got to sometimes being around people can help shift that however if it's something a bit more energetic then that's when the alone time needs to happen. Are you an introvert? No I'm actually an extrovert. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big old extrovert. So <laughs> a weekend at Splore is actually quite energizing. Yeah. True. Interestingly enough. And I need yeah, I need a lot of people around me. Well, you know, not need, like I'm I'm still able to function on my own. Yeah. But like I love people and connecting yeah. with people and it just brings me up with yeah. people around. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. for introverts, it's true. Yeah. I think it actually can be a little bit of a... Maybe introverts can relate to this out there, that you kind of do get to a point where you've had perhaps too much alone time. Mm. And then it's the challenge to actually go, I need to get out of this alone space and get out back out there now. It's like a, a balance of finding that sweet spot. Yeah, you can always have too much of a good thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> too much people for an extrovert and too much alone time for an introvert. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's right. And so speaking of connecting with people, one of the things I'm I've sort of noticed is there are like there are people in your life where you can just drop in and connect so authentically with them and then there are people that you just can't, you can't get any deeper. Do you mm. what's a sort of a way that you're able to really connect authentically with others? With others? I think and this is actually something that I've been working on the last couple of years is trying to understand what that actually means to me because mm. there, like you say there are people who I naturally feel are easier to connect authentically with I've been questioning myself over the last couple of years you know am I someone that is easy to connect authentically with or am I one of those people that is quite hard to get past a certain so what that has meant for me is trying to understand what people need in a good friend and what people need in a good listener and how to show up for people authentically and what I've realized is that firstly when I listen to people not exactly to what their words are but what they're really saying Mm. I think there's often a difference with how I respond because if, if it's surface level And, you know, sometimes those surface-level interactions are fun and exciting and easy and just whatever at the moment. But when you're actually listening to someone, you can actually hear a lot more when you probably are saying, you know, are you really, you know, listening, are you really okay? What's actually going on for you? What are you really saying right now? And responding to that place rather than just the words. And so with that is like, is active listening, Mm. but also kind of tuning into someone's energy because I think sometimes... Even within myself, when I'm talking to someone, if I match up how I'm feeling with what I'm saying, then that's authentic. Mm. And when I respond to someone from that place as well, I often feel that they then feel safe to then be also authentic with themselves with me. Yeah, I find that it gets easier as I get older and I think as people around me also get older, I think when we're younger we're not really taught how to understand how to communicate properly but I think there's also an element of vulnerability in that over the last couple of years have had to be very vulnerable with myself and say well who am I first and foremost who am I really because I can't show up as who I am if I don't know who that is Mm. and so that's probably been a starting point also with 
understanding who I am in relationships and connecting authentically. The more vulnerable I can be with myself or the more honest I am with who I am, then the more I hold space for other people to feel safe with me because I've realised that safety in relationships is... It's either open, you either feel safe to be yourself or you don't. Mm. And so that's been something I've been working on too. So, yeah, I think authentic connection is firstly how real we can be with ourselves, with mm. who we are, and then how we can properly listen to other people and what they need or what they want. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah, like kind of that constant journey of self-discovery. Mm. And once you are super solid in yourself, you can show up as that mm. and it allows other people to be to be that too themselves yeah Yeah, exactly yeah (laughs) in terms of and this can be this can be in any form you 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 want at all but like your favorite way to connect really authentically with the land this beautiful country yeah with this beautiful country that we live in I think I always come back to water as a starting point (laughs) when I feel out of balance I feel like coming back to water is going to always be a bit of a saviour but I don't know if this is answering your question but when I come back to preparing food for people so Mm. you know like putting on a dinner party and connecting with like chopping the vegetables and preparing the dishes and being creative that's kind of my form of therapy in the sense we're connecting back to something that's real and tangible and sharing that with people that's kind of my love language yeah so that would probably be my my best answer but also that's epic and I'm just starting to get into growing my veggies and herbs finally which is very probably late in the piece but I'm only just realizing how bloody amazing that is and like watching something grow I don't know nurturing something very satisfying mm. like it's pretty cool trying to get like really good local produce mm. and then the next sort of next stage when you grow it yourself it's like yeah this is epic yeah, yeah you feel like a proud mum like mm. picked mint for the first time last week which is just I feel so silly saying this because you know everyone can grow herbs on the windowsill but I finally put a garden and things in and it's just so rewarding mm. how did I not start this earlier mm. but that yeah that coming back to food and entertaining and sharing and it's almost like a putting love into something and sharing that love with other people yeah 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 well like I mean and again probably not for us because we're like so connected with the sort of nutrition and the food and the side of things mm. but a lot of people out there they don't really connect food with coming from the earth they connect mm. food from getting it from the supermarket. <laughs> so true. You know, and it's like the food that we eat, this is like literally the earth has given us this beautiful food, so we need to appreciate it. And mm. Yeah. God, yeah, we're so lucky to have food so readily available to us. And I think even the coming from food with the aspect of just being grateful for it and its abundance and the creativity that expands from that is we're so lucky to have as well. Mm. Mm. And then relationships I think that all our relationships in our life teach us lessons and mm. when we learn in, like incredible amounts from the people around us is there one particular relationship either current or past that has taught you a lesson that you really hold close to you even now oh I mean like you say I think every every relationship has taught me a lot but I do find that the hardest relationships have probably taught me the most mm. Even if it's been like a short, sharp and hard and fast relationship, those ones are the wake-up calls, man. <laughs> and saying that positive, they've been, like, the relationship I'm in currently has been very positive and healthy and that's all also taught me so much about mm. myself because I think there's, like, 
learning through pain and learning through having to be resilient but then there's also learning through love as well peace and Yeah. yeah but I think you know if I think of one particular relationship huh I had a friendship recently who was in my life for about six months and I sort of knew as soon as it started that it may not end up in a great place because it started quite intensely. We came, became very close very quickly. We were best friends. We were, you know, doing so, so much together. And I think in each other, we found new parts of ourselves. Mm. So I brought out a side of herself she hasn't explored before, and she did the same for me. Cool. Two or three months in, it was amazing. We, I think I can only speak for myself. I felt like quite a renewed sense of self. Perhaps part of me I haven't visited in a long time or since I was a lot younger that I had sort of maybe forgotten about or rejected. But this felt safe to bring this part of myself out again. Mm. And, and so, but then after three months, we sort of started to butt heads in quite a large way. And then the, the sort of the last three months was a lot of trigger and insecurity and fear and I found that I actually ended up retreating quite a lot from Mm. the world because of it Wow! and so what I now see in in hindsight is that she came into my life to help me expand who I was Mm. but also it taught me how to actually get really clear around what I would stand for and not stand for towards the end, end of it because insecurities I haven't felt before were coming out and I started to question myself and again I said before but I was retreating and playing small and I was hiding and I wasn't as confident as I was before so with all of that going on I had to get really honest with myself and get really you know have probably a lot of alone time and say mm. like well who am I then if, if I'm feeling that you know this this person who isn't herself anymore then who am I really in the world and so she taught me so much about who I was essentially and I think indirectly she didn't realize that but Mm. I'm incredibly grateful I think I went through probably the most growth personally internally that I have in a long time (laughs) and it was only within six months and it's just crazy it's what I mean that sometimes the short sharp and hard and fast ones high there's Mm. the highs and then there's the intense lows and I do think everything is you know acts and polarity so for whatever high we have we'll also come and back at one point and experience the reverse of that and that's kind of why I thought I felt that that might happen mm. because I was having such intense extreme bouts of elation and mm. happiness and excitement and then I did get the flip side of that but the flip side is what I didn't realize I really needed mm. they always say that growth comes out of sort of discomfort don't mm. they so you know like it kind of push your limits and see who you really are and and, mm. and get a lot of growth out of that mm. yeah yes very testing but yeah like I said I'm very grateful for that Mm. and so what's coming up for you this year what's what are you really excited about in terms of 2021 maybe a little (laughs) more oh gosh 2021 is I'm just already so grateful for this year after last year you Mm. know and like you say we learn a lot through discomfort and I think COVID and lockdowns were just the ultimate of the unknown (laughs) so last year was good but 2021 already feels so much more expansive Mm. just with the amount of freedom we've had we have now but for I guess me personally what's coming up soon is I'm I'm enjoying the process of helping to bring 
energy, energy work, energy healing to more of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been kind of a goal of mine is to help make it more accessible. So that process has been really quite amazing. What next in terms of business is I want to just keep growing my offerings, both online and in person. I feel most in tune with my work when I'm actually working with people out there, either either over Zoom or in the community. So that's just where my focus will be this year. Also kind of growing ceremony, the body range on the side, but building... I mean, I'm only in my second year of business currently, mm. so I guess building what I have already created as a strong foundation just kind of expanding on that and helping to reach more people and make more impact whether that's in New Zealand or further abroad I'm not sure yet cool cool is there a book or a podcast or anything you've listened to recently that's really spoke to you I'm putting putting Olivia on the spot with this one so there's oh there's quite a few this is not an energy or spiritual or mindfulness or anything book, but it's The Choice by mm. Edith Eager. Mm. Have you read that? I haven't read it, but B and Andrew like, oh. <laughs> yelled about it, so I will will read it at some point. <laughs> it's just incredible, and it puts a lot into perspective. She, she was in the concentration camps at Auschwitz, this young girl, about seven years old, and she, it, she kind of just talks about her journey of how she survived that, mm. and then her her grieving of the trauma Mm. and how she processed trauma and then how that shaped her experience in her younger years and then how she went on to become a psychologist and now does transformational work with people who who hold trauma in their bodies now she's in her 80s or 90s and she's still going she has a podcast she's still you know very much in the public eye she's an incredible woman but just really puts a lot into perspective around struggle and trauma and how we really do always have a choice over any situation. She spoke about moments when she was in the concentration camps where she could have been a victim or she could have been, she could have let herself die at many points, but she would use her mind and her imagination to imagine eating food and imagine being free and all of these things that she believes now allowed her to survive. Mm. But it was just an amazing example of like that just applies to life now also and that we always have a choice to either be a victim or or to simply survive or to thrive and so that book definitely changed my life Mm. Mm. and the way that you think and just the perspective you come from it that's yeah yeah exactly and I think whenever I find myself in a point where I'm like oh no why has this happened or this isn't the way I planned it I just think, okay, well, how can I make this something that is actually the best outcome? Or how can I see this differently? And there's always so much more opportunity from that place. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your incredible wisdom. It went so far. Yeah, I know. That was cool. (laughs) Thank you so much, love. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I'll put all the recommendations and things in the show notes so people can find that book that you recommended and more about you from that. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Olivia Scott. Check her out on her website. It's lovebyolivia.com and it's the same lovebyolivia on Instagram as well. So she has heaps of 
interesting content if you wanted to dive a little bit deeper into Reiki and she uh, sees clients in person in Auckland or um, online as well. So touch base with her if you're interested in doing a Reiki healing. I do really highly recommend it, especially as we sort of mentioned, maybe if you're at a time of your life where you are just at a crossroads um, trying to make a decision or just looking for support in any way, shape or form. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you all very soon.